Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Podcast, brought to you each and every day this summer by Ketone IQ, of course, made by HVMN. And we're going to talk about Stage 11. Alain, what's up? Stage 11, Clermont-Ferrand to Moulin. <laughs> Clermont-Ferrand to Moulin. Yeah, that one was, uh, we even could have said that. That was, that was pretty good. Um, well, I mean, look, not a whole lot to talk about. Jasper Philipson is, uh, is, is by far the fastest guy in the race. And um, again, not having been in that dynamic necessarily, George, but you know, it seems to me like you start winning a couple of those, you got the team he has, he's got the confidence. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, he's on, a, he's on a roll. He's unstoppable. And even today, we saw that he was kind of left alone in the last 1,500 meters, but doesn't really matter anymore. He's got three stage wins. He's got nothing to lose. And he's got the respect of the other sprinters, so he pretty much can take whatever wheel he wants mm-hmm. and was able to just kind of float those wheels and win, which looked a win that looked relatively easy. I mean, he came around Dylan Gronewegen, who's on very good form, but just flew past him like it was not a big deal. Yeah, we'll get into some of that action here in a sec. Talk about um, just some other things, especially here in the next, uh, really for the rest of the week. But before we do, today's show brought to you by Huckberry. If you're watching the show, check this shirt out. I've got this. How do I look? The denim, the, oh, the blue shirt. George has his uh, Huckberry a bought all, shirt. By the way, all the all all of the uh, move team is trying to steal this from me right now. No, I love that shirt. Bolsca, LA. Nice. I, I love it. You could wear it open like this with nice nice t-shirt underneath or close it up. And the chain. It must have chain. <laughs> chain. Scarface uh, a starter kit. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, Huckberry's building the future of retail for active, adventurous guys, you know, like us, uh, where style and adventure converge. Millions trust them as their one-stop men's shop for discovering and shopping well-crafted and well-curated products. It's true. They send out, uh, I think the last I heard, were the, they literally send out millions of newsletters every day. And I, I love the newsletter, even if I'm not shopping. Um, just tons of cool content on there. And they're also pulling in not just curated products, but curated uh, pieces of content. Uh, I, saw, I saw a great piece on there yesterday uh, about Malcolm Gladwell that they pulled from, uh, I think, one of these fancy uh, highbrow magazines like New Yorker or something. Malcolm, a, a forward alumni. Yeah, he's yeah, a big, Love that b- big endurance guy. Um, some of our favorite stuff, we've, we've curated, uh, not just myself, but JB and George curated just some of our favorite items on Huckberry. Uh, so for our team and our listeners and our members, uh, go on over to huckberry.com slash the move. That's huckberry.com slash the move. You'll see some of the things, you know. I mean, George and I got like stylish stuff. JB got pocket knives and meat seasoner. (laughs) (laughs) Huckberry.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by Roka. While we're talking about Roka, George, with that shirt, with the Scarface starter kit necklace, why don't we put the the Torinos on as well? I think that's a good look. I mean, boy, rooftop at the W, if you roll up like that, the people just leave. (laughs) Something's going down. Yeah. (laughs) Roka has invented a completely new class of eyewear. Glasses optimized for performance. So whether it's on the performance side, the casual side. Uh, by the way, those ones that George just rocked, uh, the Torinos, uh, you can, you can um, use them on the active side and the style side. Tons of crossover there. Uh, the best optics out there. Uh, super clear. Do not fog and scratch resistant. Also, if you're um, you know, somebody like me that likes to sweat and, and just... Uh, can't avoid it. Uh, they've got the uh, the no slip. No matter how much you're sweating, 
they will not slip off your face. Hand-built to order in our hometown of Austin, Texas. The Move listeners get 20% off. Just go to Roka, R-O-K-A dot com. It gets you 20% off. Use the code THEMOVE at Roka.com. Um, yeah, I, you wonder, like, uh, uh, you know, if you're a... And I'm sort of watching... Um, you're watching a lot of these other sprinters. The thing that sticks out to me, and by the way, Philipson's a young, he's pretty young. Um, but if some of these guys that have been around a while, that they're, you know, time is running out for them. Look, for a sprinter to win a stage in the Tour of France, you kind of have to be, to be considered one of the greats. you got to win a Tour stage. A guy like um, Caleb Ewan, you know, he's got a few years left, but time starts to run out. And then you got this young kid who's just toying with everybody. Yeah, I mean, he's got six victories so far, and he's on a roll this year. Perhaps another two can, right. can come along his way. And uh, it's just these guys got to start figuring out a different plan on how to beat him. Obviously, if it's an uphill sprint, it's a different scenario. We saw the other day with Matt Peterson. But these flat, straight-running sprints, even if they're technical, lots of corners, even if he's by himself in the last 2,000 two meters, he can still do it. So they got to start figuring out a different tactic if they want to beat him. And yeah. he's got these guys around him. And so. up, up until now, we were saying, well, he has that Vanderpool lead out. Right. That, he didn't have that today. Right. He still pulled it off. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have these guys around him. Soren Craig Anderson, who's, who can, you know, is not afraid to be in the front. Keep in mind, too, for those just listening and, and are watching on TV, look, I have no interest ever. I never had any interest, and I certainly don't have any today, of even trying to be there. It is so, you see all the, the juking and jiving and the elbows and the quick movements. It's terrifying. Like, I, uh, that's just to be there is a thing. Yeah, Wout yeah, Van Aert was bumping yeah, a bunch it, today. It's even more terrifying, as you know, Lance, with 30 kilometers to go when the field is not quite strung out yet. Today, for instance, it was raining. Hmm. Um, but it's, there's four or five teams at the front trying to keep their GC guys or their sprinters in the front. The rain's coming down. I mean, this is as stressful as it gets when you come into a finale of the Tour de France. 30 to 30k to then it starts obviously uh you know the peloton starts stringing out as they get closer to the finish line but then you got the corners coming into these cities so it's just non-stop stress you know in that final hour and hour and a half got the roundabouts coming into town yeah. you know it's 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 uh it, it yeah and, and there was a gap i mean that you see when you see that 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 i think there were 17 they actually it's rare that they give them a split but i think there's um, the UCI or the commissars, anytime there's more than a two bike length gap, they give a time gap. And, the, and, and that time gap is, is from Philipson, who won, to whoever is the next guy after the two bike links, which in this case was uh, Jonas Vingegaard, who was in 18th place. Heads up for him. You know, good call to be in front. They gave him a seven second gap. I mean, you imagine... I don't know. A Pogachar sneaks in there and just stays well, on the wheels. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering right now. If they're, they got to start deciding. I mean, uh, Wild Van Art, the, the incredible cyclist he is, he isn't quite the level he was at last year, or things aren't quite clicking. But on a day like today, where you know you might have been able to get seven seconds on your competitor had you stayed with your leader, where they instead they just kind of Laporte and went out. Van Art did their own thing and tried to go for the sprint, finished again ninth place or something which is you know nothing to them um where they could have perhaps stayed with Jonas and maybe had him in that little front bubble and gotten a little seven second bonus on Pogachar mm. that to me is a missed opportunity interesting that's a good one I don't think we've ever talked about that scenario in the seven years of doing this right this, I think I'm reading the stat right but uh Philipson has also had six second places in the Tour de France 
Well, if, 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 yeah, that's the, that's the nature of it. If you're gonna if you're gonna win, he's now won six stages. You're gonna have if you go down the line. I'm sure he's got you know four third places. Right. I mean, if you're in the mix and 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 especially early in your career when you're not quite that guy, you're gonna get some seconds and thirds. And even if you are that guy, you're gonna have a bad day or have a bad lead out. Um, but you're always yeah. You don't go from you know finishing uh, 10 times 40th and then six stage wins. Uh, he's, 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 he's in the mix. I think I had asked uh, earlier uh, in this tour, has any sprinter ever won all of the sprint stages? And that's a good question. I know. And I think Johan's like some stages are, it's hard to determine that because so many stages are questionable. Is that a sprint stage or, or not? I don't know the answer to that. I do know like, you know, back in the day when we had the dominant riders like Cipollini, I mean, these guys, these days are so much more dynamic. It's like there's almost not even a question on guys like Phillipson whether or not he's going to make the time cut most days because he's got he's so strong and climbs so good, and yet be so dominant in the sprints. I mean, it's, I feel like these guys are just uh, much more complete riders. Where a guy like Cipollini would dominate the sprint, but he'd go home after ten days just because he did what he needed to do. Nowadays, I feel like these sprinters, like the Wout Van Arts, Phillipsons, they can just do so much more than just sprint, and they have to. Otherwise, they're not making it to the finish line. And do you think, you know, talking about Cipollini, uh, just remembering back to some of his wins, he had this train, and for those that have followed cycling long enough, you'll remember, I mean, he, it, it, was, it was his train, and that was it. Like, yeah. everybody, then there was this race or this competition to see who could be on his wheel, and that was utilizing their train. But, I mean, he'd have four or five guys lined up, and they had it down. It was like a military operation. You know, you go from... 3K to, you know, two, and you go in and it just peel off, peel off, peel off, boom, Chippo goes, mm -hmm. hands in the air, seeing the douches. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. Uh, I think the, 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 all the sprinter teams kind of just figured out that's the best playbook, so they all try to do it now, and what happens is they all end up colliding in those last 2,000 meters, and whoever just happens to get that lucky break and takes the corner first with a teammate behind, they establish, uh, you know, the final lead out, where before it was – only one team or two teams maximum that can do that. Today's show also brought to you by AG1. I had this thought on AG1. Look at this packaging, right? And I had a question. It has to do with Philipson. What what has happened with the green jersey? It's it's not, it's. Have you yeah, noticed that? You missed all that before the tour that everybody's talking about. They uh -uh. started, I think, the in color, Paris. It just blends with. The, it they, really blends in. It's it's yeah, it's. Uh, I don't like. I it. mean, to my friends over at AG1, I think this is a is. A, well, George doesn't like it, but. But if, it, if I don't like keep, it in the green jersey, I love the AG one. I, I agree. I mean, but but the, the, it's it's the color of the pack. What happened to green? <laughs> they changed it. That's weird. I think. Anyways, AG one, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. It's our go-to. We do it. Uh, we take it every morning religiously, not just obviously when we're here at home, but uh, also when we're on the road. They've got the. Uh, the the convenient travel packs, throw those in your bag, and 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 just blend it with water, and you have a, a, an entire solution. Um, the truth is, I was I was tired of taking supplements, and I wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers nutritional bases every day. A big one for me was I wanted better gut health, which I think should be a big one for everybody, and and a boost in energy. I've been um, I've been low on no, I haven't been low on energy, but it's, I want more energy. Is there such thing as I'm actually kind of annoyed by the amount of energy you have. Today we roll up to his house. It's 7.15. Homie's sitting out there, no shirt on, like 
packing his bike stuff for the ride after the show. Yeah. And, you know, the other, back in the day, last year, I'd be rolling up. He's still in bed, you know, comes down, <laughs> hung, half hung groggy, hung over. And now it's like a completely, he's like flexing. And we should have gotten a picture of that head of HR, him flexing <laughs> in the driveway at 7.15 in the morning. I um, mean, it's a little annoying, but, you know, I'm proud in of you. In case that bear comes back. Well, and, 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 and those five pounds are gone, right? At least. Yeah, at, at least. least. I think I, I, I doubled it. I got down 10. Um, anyways, amazing immune system support, which is also super important. Uh, with every daily serving, I am setting myself up, as we all are, for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give us all the key daily nutrients and support all these cool things like energy, focus, strength, and clarity. Also, all for less than three bucks a day. Think about that. Take control of your health for less than three bucks a day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Head on over to drinkag1.com slash the move. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by HVM. When is our mountain bike ride with, with, with our HVMN homeless? Saturday. Because they apparently, what when we were talking about them yesterday, it got back to them. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So I think Holmes is uh, um, stretching and and you know getting all kinds of body work, probably getting a new bike, but and and just swimming in ketone IQ. Yeah. Um, we often hear about uh, that fasting and exercise are good for the brain. HVMN launched the world's first drinkable ketone in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones with improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. Um, and not only are a lot of the, obviously a lot of riders in the tour using it, but uh, a lot of the uh, key members of the special forces here in the United States. So um, th these guys aren't messing around. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move. Again, visit hvmn.com slash the move. And a new partner today, uh, today's show also, brought, and I'm excited to talk about this one because this just landed on the doorstep the other day and I was like, damn. I can't wait to try this out. Our, our new partner today is Eight Sleep. Now, um, for those uh, who know, we love sleep, right? We love tracking our sleep. We love getting quality sleep. Uh, summer is reaching its apex, and there's nothing worse than tossing, turning, and sweating in the night because of the summer heat. The pod cover by Eight Sleep will keep you cool all night, all the way down to 55 degrees Fahrenheit, if you can manage that. Uh, but with, with cooler temps, you wake up fully refreshed. The pod cover by Eight Sleep fits on any bed, just like a fitted sheet. It can cool down and warm up and adjust based on the phases of your sleep and the environment that you are in. When I got this thing, I, was, I opened it up and I started to put it together. Right, You've got the, the mattress cover, you've got um, the cooling unit, and then you've got the app. I, was, I love stuff. That reminds me not to be that, you know, but listen, let's face it. Apple does everything perfect from a design standpoint, whether it's the packaging, the integration, the app, the, the usability. This thing was it was reminded me of an Apple product. It was just so damn good. Yeah. Connecting with the app and being able to adjust the temperature so easily. I mean, when I go take a nap, I can adjust the temperature down to whatever. You know, I go to like 63 degrees. It's an incredible product, and it's dual zone too, yeah, so you exactly. can have your temperature and your, uh, your wife can have the other temperature. But uh, but it also uh, prompted you to said email your partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they could set their settings. Or how about waking up to just the temperature rising or right. a mild vibration uh, instead oh, yeah. of a uh, uh, 
alarm. I was, yeah, I, was screwing, I was screwing with Anna this morning. I turned on her alarm. It went off at like seven. She texted me. She's like, how do I turn off this bed alarm? The bed was vibrating. That's funny. That was funny. Head on over to 8sleep.com slash the move and save 150 bucks on the pod cover. Stay cool this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the USA, Canada, the UK, select countries in the EU, and Australia. Again, that's 8sleep.com slash the move. This is cool. I'm telling you, it's, I've noticed it, and you see it. You know, Obviously, we're early um, partners with Aura. You, you see the difference in your sleep data. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. It sure works. All right, the next four stages are looking I did want to give brutal. a quick, quick update on Cav. I spoke to him, uh-huh. and uh, he's, uh, he's in great spirits mentally. Obviously, I didn't ask anything about what he's going to do, but I'm just happy to hear he's a good place. And he was sitting around alone at a hotel room waiting for surgery, which, you know, that's kind of like our sport. So many people think about our sport as being so glamorous. These guys stay in amazing hotels. They get the best of the best, but... I mean, the guy crashed several days ago and had to stay in a hotel room by himself um, to, wait, waiting for surgery. So it's just a, it's a, I keep saying it. I know I'm not trying to, you know, dis, uh, disencourage young kids to get into sport, but it's a <laughs> tough sport. And these, all these guys are gladiators. And I'm just glad that uh, Cavs in a great space, great space. And I hope this surgery will go well. That's, well that seems weird. Cause when we were talking about like Pogacar's wrist uh, injury, like he was in surgery like the next right, day. Exactly. And we were saying that seems to be more of the norm. Why, yeah. what is this waiting on? Yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't ask those details, but yeah, I didn't, do you broke a collarbone ever or I did, but before I get into that, it, it you know, look to me, I, I see cycling, I see the tour of France and I look at comparable sports, right? Let's just run a set of comps here. And you think about, I, a lot of times I use Formula One, uh, a global sport viewed by a global audience. If, if any driver in Formula One had any sort of issue that needed surgery, they'd be on the jizzy <laughs> within 20 minutes going to not just some hospital. They'd be going to a center of excellence and have and have the most amazing surgeon doing that. The fact Mark Cavendish is, is still sitting there. And, and if you've ever broken a collarbone, which I have, it's very painful. It's 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 not one thing. It's not something you want to sit around for days I don't know the extent of the break or the, or the separation, but it's it's very painful. The one time I, I crashed in a race in Spain and, and, and flew back and had uh, Dr. Doug Ellens in, in Austin do it. So I had probably, I don't know, 24 hours tops before uh, between the crash and the actual surgery. And I got on a flight with, unfortunately, Liz was on that. Liz Kreutz was on that plane. I needed somebody to come with me. Head of Creative was talking about how much you were complaining that whole flight, oh, how was, much pain I, you were I, in. I, I don't even remember. We must have gone Madrid to somewhere, and I, I think they had to almost stop the plane. I mean, it, this shit was in the press. I was so rowdy. That's funny, because you know, I was I, taking, no, no, I mean, I was taking stuff, right, for the flight, and and um, and might have had a couple few cocktails as well, mm. but uh, um and yeah, see, that's funny because last time I broke my collarbone in 2009, I did the last five stages of the Tour de France and <laughs> went after the, the race finished to the doctor. Is that a true story? True story. <laughs> did wow. you break your leading more out than more once. Cavendish on the last stage? I might add. You broke it more than once, didn't you? In a pair? No, I separated shoulder and Rebe. No, no, that no, one was true. different. That one I was not getting up from, but the broken collarbone in the Tour. Back well, up, there, are, there kept going. if I can I defend myself, there are different stages of again Correct. breaks or separations. I wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't doing anything after that other than um, trying to get you know kicked off an airplane. Where were they? I mean, they would have stopped in like the Azores. Like, get this idiot off the plane. I was, it was, I was miserable. But back to the point, like to wait days and days and days. I'm, oof, mm. not what you imagine, folks. Hmm. 
All right. Now back to you. You've kind of uh, flipped out a little bit, Lance, looking at the next four stages. Brutal. I always, you know, I, 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 um, of course, these days that are relatively uneventful outside of the dominance of Jasper Philipson, you you have to kind of start just looking ahead. Um, We do it every day. We look at tomorrow's stage. I had some time today, so I thought, okay, let's let's just keep going. And as I saw this thing play out, of course, tomorrow's Thursday. You know, we got a rest. Day. The next rest day is Monday. What's what's going to happen between now and then? Here's tomorrow. Look at look at this, this. This. I mean, this looks like a like a saw, right? So not not a day. I don't think that that um, is a GC fight, but this is a day that's going to be hard for everybody. Yeah, bonus just, on the last climb. Bon, time bonus on, and that you know the Col de la Croix Rossier is is uh, you know seven point six percent. Probably has some pitches of eight or nine percent. Long ways from the finish, so no incentive to try to get away, but, but time bonus on top. Maybe they let a group go that, that will eat up that time bonus. But here we go. That's Thursday. Yeah, now we that, go- let's not forget, the further we get into the race, every time the riders see these uphill finishes, it's, it's just, no matter how good a shape you are, it's going to hurt like hell because the body takes a minute to, to wake up. Yep. Um, so this is going to be a very hard, very aggressive start. Um, I can imagine it taking a while for the breakaway to actually go. And if you have, uh, as we saw today, some rain, some some uh, declining weather, it's a stage like this, anytime it's it's up and down like that, you know the roads are small and twisty, and uh, I, don't, I haven't looked at the forecast, but bad weather can make this day three times harder. All right, so then we go to Friday. I mean, boom. I mean, uneventful, and you know, for the first eighty kilometers, but you know, uphill finish, seventeen point four. Uh, 7% Grand Colombier, right? All right, so that's Friday. So let's go Saturday. Boom, another day, right? All day long, climbing, descending, climbing, descending, with another time bonus at the end. Relatively short day. Yeah, that looks like the hardest day thus far in the Tour de France. For me, a short day like that, they're going to be going um, full stick on this. Okay, and, and then, then and then Sunday. And, then, and, and let, oh. let's let's back up one for sec- <laughs> one second, because we have, to, we have all these discussions about you know, perhaps changing the downhill finishes coming in. And now we have a major downhill finish. Lance and I have raced down this. Right. It's a very technical, uh, twisty, turny. Yep. Um, you've taken some mad risk coming down that. I remember the year you bonked when Pantani attacked and you were yeah. on the limit. But going down with, you know, not you probably you probably weren't there mentally fully because you had we ran out of energy. Uh, that is a very dangerous descent. Let's the hope ju- for the best. The uh, ju- the you guys can elaborate on that too. Descending after, an, you know, a, a, uncategorized climb and a time bonus but you know we've all descended and we're cautious we're going probably half the speed that pros do in a race and it's still terrifying but you're also blurry eyed from right that finish like yeah. you're you're not even thinking straight like well, what how long does it take you to recover to feel normal to well to these gather guys, your wits these guys have everything planned out top of the juplon there's a nice little flat section if right. you remember yeah i do guaranteed they'll have staff there handing them calories to you know get them back up and and hopefully get that descent uh in full mental focus and be get, go down as or, safe as possible or not because that's within the the um the zone where you can't feed that was my i don't know if they what they'll do for that stage of course weather affects some of that stuff if it's hot they'll they'll allow some feeding i couldn't take feeding that day i mean i was out of fuel on the juplan um and i couldn't take fuel that's why i had to i was looking around asking guys that with that with that one guy conti or whatever yeah i said hey bro you got you to gel. And I, I did not say, hey, bro, because he was Italian, didn't speak English. I was like, I don't know what I was like. You're like the, the poor kid at uh, school lunch. Uh, yeah, Conti just uh, kind of towed you back in, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> he, 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 I, I bummed a, a gel off him. 
and uh, he just kind of towed me in. Um, but so that was Saturday. Then not to be done. I mean, I'll done. Here comes Sunday. This is the next four days. Look at that. Mm. Right. Uphill finish again on Sunday. I mean, these next four, by the way, Sunday, look at the start, George. You talk about days you hate. Look at that start. Oh, straight man. up. Yeah, hill. Straight up. And I mean, the next four days in terms of vertical feet or meters climbed are, are absolutely diabolical. And we won't even get ahead of that or even go into the final week. You would think, and even George saw these four days and thought, God, they must just cruise into Paris. Spoiler alert, they don't, right? It's, it's, this is the next, if you're interested in the tour and this GC battle and, 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 you know, we're going to really see this, this battle for the podium spot shape up, you better watch the next four days. Well, where do you find motivation as a sprinter? We just went on and on about Phillips and dominating. Yeah. And then I got to get over those to stage 18. Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, you know, like misery loves cut. company. So yeah. these guys all stay together. A guy like Phillipson will have three, four, five guys around him. All the breast sprinters will have guys. And these guys will ride together in big groups. And their only goal is just to stay within the time cut. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to do some questions? Yeah. I'll do this trivia first. And then oh, I've got yeah. some good questions. Um, this is uh, from Ventum to win, enter to win an NS1, the road bike, complete bike. All right, so every day they're drawing from the correct answers. And then we'll, actually, you're going to draw the final on the, the last day. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, the question from yesterday was, who was... But hang on a second. The, 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 like 4,000 people have registered. Do I have to, is there somewhere that there's going to be 4,000 names in there? That better be a big bucket. It'll be, we have big buckets. We've ordered oh, good. a big, very large bucket. Good. Big bucket. Uh, who was Lance Armstrong's youth swim coach? Now that's digging deep. Even yeah. in the age of the internet, that's digging deep. That answer is that's Chris, from, Chris McCurdy. Chris McCurdy. Yeah. One of the greatest swim coaches of all time. It was a very, very important person in my life. This was in Plano? That was in Plano. City of Plano swimmers. Yeah. Uh, that was the only time I've been that we were called the cops. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, uh, yeah. City of, hold on. City of Plano. We were the cops. Yeah, that was every swim team has. You know, the the team in Richardson was core, mm-hmm. C O R City of Richardson. Um, you know, you know, yeah, we were the cops. Huh. Ugliest colors ever. We were like this ugly maroon and yellow. It was awful. I don't know. I was like, but McCurdy is a legend. Cool. Do you stay in touch? Uh, you know, he's he's yes. Through my, he still lives up uh, in North Texas, very near my mom. My mom's very close with uh, not just Chris and his wife's name is Chrissy. Uh, their kids and um, yeah, and the guys fit. You think you you want to see somebody fit? Dude's probably I don't know seventy now. Some bitch is ripped. Not to go too off topic, but you'll relate to this. I I just went uh, a month ago to a wedding in Aubrey, which is north of Frisco. Okay, I didn't know that. But that just the landscape of North Texas, where you rode right. as a kid, right. like sure. you were on the edge of town then. Right. Plano was the edge of town. Not even close now. No, I know. You'd have to drive an hour (laughs) to find the edge of town. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. The question today, uh, and uh, email these in with the correct answer. You'll go into the drawing. You'll, you know, you could win the NS1. Who was the tallest person to ever race the tour? Wow. Ooh. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually curious about that one. Do you know a fan? I'll tell you this. They were six foot six. You got the answer? I think I have a... I, I think I have a... <laughs> Do you want to know? Right there. Yeah. Is it who I'm thinking about, George? Do you know the name? No. No. Okay. All right. Know. Good it, luck, It everybody. could have been in 1904 <laughs> with Henry. Wait, I should have known that. That was yeah. easy. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Well, good luck, everybody. Yeah. Aren't the Schlecks pretty tall? No. Taller no, than you? No. 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 And how tall are you, George? 6'3"? Three? I'm 6'3". Dang. Okay. Now let's do some... Uh, oh, sorry. Send that into trivia at VentumRacing.com. Yep. All right. Good luck. Uh, some questions real quick. My wife and I just got back from following the first week of the tour through the Basque Country, and we were inspired to hear about Peo Bilbao adopting his fallen teammates' charity to plant trees in the gorgeous Basque region. Uh, I researched all morning, but haven't found a way to contribute. Do you or Johan know the name or the website uh, that, of Gino Mater's charity? That's from Danny in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor. I did do some research. Best I can tell, Peo Bilbao is sending people to justdigit.org okay. with, with two Gs. Just dig it in their planting trees. Uh, around the world. And but, for and I think I had also heard that for every you know, I don't know if this is what Gino was doing, um but but Pelo for this tour for everybody he beats on every stage, so say he the day he won, he beat 176 guys. He's donating uh, 1 euro, basically $1 to you know, per person that he beats. So that for example 176 euros that day um to to the cause every day. Pretty cool. And I learned yesterday from Johan uh uh, let's see. Gino's dog was named Peo. Th- those guys were really tight. Oh boy! He adopted a dog and named it after him. So wow. anyway, another question. Uh, the past uh, for the past days, we've heard something about Vanderpool being sick <laughs> and getting better as well while being in the Tour de France. What extra measures, tricks do you know that these teams take in order to get the riders fit faster? I guess they're already on a mostly healthy food and sleep reg- regime. So what could you do? What do you do when you get sick in the past and how do you get over it? That's from Frank in the Netherlands. Well, first thing they do is they put them in their own room um, and just try to keep them away from the rest of the team. I was actually, I rode with uh, Matthew Rigatello yesterday and he was telling me how he got sick in the Giro. Um, and just, he just basically the day he got sick, he was, and Ma- Matthew, as we know, is an amazing climber was first dropped uh, with Cavendish and two other teammates. And he said, which is basically team time trial and trying to get to the finish line. He could barely help them on the flats. Um, but a lot of the guys, a lot of these guys, it's just about survival. And then hoping you just get better as we saw Matthew get better in the zero and ended up getting top 10 finish and top 10 place finish in the final time trial. But everybody obviously reacts differently to sicknesses, but they just do what they can to, you know, give them their own card in the race, try to just hang on and get through, mm. get through the race. And stay super hydrated. Yeah. Obviously this race takes it out of you on the hydration from a hydration standpoint. So, you know, that's one thing they got to, but then also just cross your fingers. I mean, it's not the ideal place to try to get over any sort of virus or, or whatever. I don't think, yeah, Frank, I don't think there's any real hacks. It's like, uh, it's like the I, doctor that says, drink a bunch of fluids, get some rest and a right. pat on the butt. Right. right? And uh, good luck in the Tour de France stage tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another one from Mark. The mountain stages are my favorite. I live in Colorado and have ridden many of the mountain roads here. I've not been to Europe. Could you give me more details on the comparisons between mountain roads in the U.S. versus Europe? Well, we have a lot of diversity in mountains here in the U.S., so it's hard to, to answer that question. But um, certainly, you know, what they're doing here, you got a lot of steep, windy climbs, small roads. Um, I guess I can g- compare it a little bit to some of the climbs outside of Malibu or the Blue Ridge Mountain Range in the, well, Car- in the Carolinas. Near, near you. Yeah, maybe. Blue Ridge Mountain Range in the Carolinas. But here in Aspen, the climbs are totally different. They're you know, long, much longer here and, and not as steep. Not as steep. And you're dealing with, obviously, the, uh, the elevation, which, you know, for we talked about the other day, climbing the pass, you go 8,000 feet to 12.4, 
Um, it's not, it's not that steep. Now it's, it's long and it's hard and it's, uh, um, and you start to suffer because of the altitude, but you know, the, the Colorado climbs just aren't maybe down on the front range. You can find some steeper ones, but the climbs I would argue uh, near George's house and hotel out there, uh, hotel domestique is, uh, are harder. I mean, there's some climbs out there. Ten plus percenters for thirty plus minutes. Yeah, I mean th- those are Euro style climbs. The ones here in this state, for example, j- they're not Euro style climbs. Mm-hmm. Just not as steep. Not steep enough. Uh, one more here. Huge fan of the show. Just wondering if Lance and George did any gym and strength training while racing world tours. Yeah. Do you, do you know what the pros are doing these days as well? Is it one hundred percent cycling, or is there any non cycling training involved to get that extra edge? That's from Ben in Brooklyn. I never did much, much strength, a little bit. I mean, in those comeback years, I did some gym work, but um, these guys, George, you know what these guys are doing now. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're doing everything from running, running to, yeah. most of them do core training uh, several times a week just to keep the back strong because that's the first thing that goes out on these long climbs. And then a lot of the sprinter guys are doing power training as well throughout the season. I know Quinn Simmons does running and power training during the season. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of these guys are... are Super complete athletes. And safe to say that if, if they're doing any kind of power work or, or resistance work, you know, probably almost no upper body work. I mean, there's just no reason to have. They don't uh, want to carry one extra yeah, pound. You don't need you another, don't need. even a pound. You don't need a pound of upper body muscle. Yep. So, But the, the thing that gets me is you hear about these guys going for runs. I mean, I understand, you know, I would go for runs in the off season just because just you didn't have much time or you were traveling. These guys are running during the season. I mean, it's, <laughs> and they run fast. I mean, some of these, you know, Pidcock, super fast runner, Evenepoel, um, uh, super fast Who's runner. Who's the sub four miler? Well, oh, that's Woods. Uh, we Michael talked about Woods, obviously. I mean, that's that he came from running. Yeah, but just, he probably still runs. But the, to run during the season, man, yeah, I, I, we joke about it all the time. Like we just don't know anything anymore. That I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Obviously, obviously, it's working, but boy. I mean, I yeah, amazing. Well, cool. We'll wrap it up on that note. If you want to send a message to uh, the show, just send it to the move at we do dot team, and uh, we'll see the GC battle back. Boy, in action! Everybody, just just get a lot of rest tonight, folks, in honor of these guys uh, for the next four days. I, I, you can go back and look for yourself. This bike race, this bike race about to start tomorrow. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow.